we are live now. This is this is a thing. We're doing a thing now. Well, I appreciate you having me on. So my name is Alex Music. And my name is David Motley. He is David Motley. Yep, I'm gonna, the guy. He's gonna cover his own intro here, and uh, <laughs> we're gonna be talking a little bit about airsoft equipment. Really, I'm excited. I love talking about airsoft equipment. Really? Everyone who's met me has known that. Every experienced airsofter knows how important having and maintaining their equipment is. It's very important to have one that you know and can learn from. <clears throat> Even better, to learn from other people's equipments. A lot of S's. Varying from clothes to weaponry, knowing your equipment keeps you alive on the battlefield. Would you not agree with that? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd say that the guys that have a lot of equipment and the guys that have brand new starting equipment can absolutely play the same as long as you know your stuff better. I'm fully confident if you just took the time and practiced really hard with the slingshot, you can take down any HBA on the market. I promise uh, well, you that. I, I would agree. I would agree. Today's podcast going to be going over the importance of each tool that you bring on as well as the equipment. So, like, you know how you have a plate carrier? Yep. We're going to be talking about what's on that plate carrier. Cool. You got pants? What's in those pockets that you're carrying around in? Hopefully nothing, but... I carry a few things on the field. Yeah. We'll get to that. Not much. So, how long have you been doing airsoft, do you think? Well, it's been a minute. It's probably been about a decade or so. I originally started off playing paintball. And if we want to go even farther back than that... I started playing with, like, you know, I'm, I'm a little kid. We got sticks that are shaped like guns. We're running around playing cops and robbers, right? I'm like, that's cool. What else we got? And then I found cap guns. Got super into cap guns. Then nerf guns, for God's sake. I was way into nerf guns. Then paintball showed up. When paintball hit the market, I was like, oh, yeah, Mom, I need a gun. And then there was a paintball field right next to my house. So every day I was there playing paintball and getting better at it. Then when about the time I got into high school, about 2006-ish, was when someone was like, yeah, paintballs for rookies. You should try airsoft. And of course, at the time, I'm a hardcore paintballer, so I'm like, yeah, okay, dummy. He brings me out, gives me, I think it was my first gun was a D-Boy Scar, and I'm like, you mean the ammo goes in the magazine, and there's sights, and the controls are like a rookie? Yeah, yeah, I can do this. And I played airsoft from probably 2006 to 2010, and that's when I joined the military, because I was like, that's the only step up that I can possibly take. And I collected guns and kind of just screwed around with them my entire time in the military. It was about 2014 when I came back here, found GSF, and fell right back in love with competitive airsoft. Pretty cool, pretty cool. Mine's a little bit different. Uh, my cousin invited me. Oh. Just like one time. Yeah. So I, I was like, oh, so that's you, cool. you never just went in someone's backyard and just shot at each other? Well, not legally. Oh, uh, yeah. But, I mean, uh, there was there was an old term that you don't hear much anymore. They call people backyarders, hmm. where it's like, you're not a real airsofter. You're just playing backyards. I was a backyarder. Kind of like a chairsofter. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, you've never been to a big event. You're not a milster. You're not a speedsofter. You're just some kid with a Walmart gun shooting each other in the parking lot of some abandoned building. But I was like, yeah, that's kind of what we did when we were younger. <laughs> it was fun. It was just me and the boys. But then I found this, and, well, I took to it, and they didn't. It is what it is. I like that. Uh, out of... All your airsoft memories that so you don't got to go all over them yeah. in your head. You can only fit so much in that skull. Uh, big what guy. memories probably stick out? So there's there's a whole bunch, and we're not going to go over all of them, but I think one of my most recent ones was actually in 2020, you know, last year. It was at Black Star Crisis 2. Uh, we talk about knowing your guns and knowing your equipment. Now, Black Star Crisis is a bit of a milsim game. There's a lot of long-range engagement, so I always felt, like, I'm a close quarters kind of guy. I'm a pistols kind of guy. Well, I was like, well, I should bring a rifle. You know, I should get something 400 feet per second that can touch a little farther. But I don't practice that much with them, so I didn't have as good a time. I was always kind of out of my element. Well, that was not uh, 2019. Now, 2020 comes around, I'm like, forget all that. I'm grabbing my Glock with a tracer unit on it, my flashlight, running five mags. Let's just go pistols out. 
Now, with enough motivation, I was convinced to carry an MP5 on my back because of Fawato rules, but I still wanted that pistol. And as soon as we started taking contact, these guys that have done all this real-world training, you know, both hands on the gun, got to take corner this way, were getting absolutely mulched by me with this pistol, sliding on the ground, coming around corners, and of course they're like, well, that's not very Milsim, dude. We're just shooting plastic guns at each other, man. As long as I can put the BB into you and you can't put it into me, I say anything goes. I uh, I was there for a lot of that. I saw a lot of the uh, bamboozling that happened that day. Yeah, I, I absolutely came alive on that game. And uh, talking about it more specifically, one story was there was a concrete wall that had about five enemies behind it. And I had actually went to respawn to get a power aid for me and Jake Bias, who was also on the podcast. And as I come back up, he uh, he's holding a corner down with a rifle. And I'm like, Bias, what's the situation? He goes, well, there's like five around that corner where we can't really pie around like that. Drop the power reeds at his feet, pull my handgun out one-handed, start pying in the corner with it. And I mean, I'm just slapping heads one after the other. One dude jumps all the way out, looks me square in the eye, and I shoot him square in the sternum. And he pauses, he goes, uh. <laughs> and I'm just like, we didn't say hit. So I fire one more time, and I mean, I hit him right in the exact same spot. And then he just goes, uh, and walk right behind the corner where I couldn't see him. I'm like, I hope he knows he's dead. And as I down I'm sure he got the memo. Yeah, yeah, he... He then started complaining that my gun was shooting too hot. My gun mm. shoots a cool 250 feet per second. Really? Yeah, I actually tune all my guns super low just because I like fighting as close as you and me are now currently talking, which that's I could terrifying. I could slap you if I really wanted to and kind of do, but that's not the point. He complained about it. It was just because I hit him twice in the, in the middle of the chest. Uh, cowboy came behind me, threw a grenade, killed all the guys that were trying to get healed. It was a fun time. I absolutely had a ride. Fun time. Fun time. You know, after you know, getting to know you a little bit for the podcast. We're gonna, first thing, we're going to go with some clothing. Uh, what you wear not only determines an initial thought of who you are on the field, it also represents the difference between how you're going to play. Because yeah. if, you, if you see someone coming in with a BDU versus some dude in a red hoodie, yeah, you probably are going to be thinking one has more experience than the other. Yeah, okay. So I would, I would definitely say that what you wear is going to impact the way people perform around you. Now, there's two routes to think about this. One route is being camouflage. And, of course, camouflage is important. If you can look more like your surroundings or adhere more to the shadows in an area, you're going to have that split second where someone might not have noticed you as quickly as a bright red hoodie. Uh, Where I work, we actually had to wear bright yellow FR and stuff like that. And I wore that to Airsoft one day just to see if being bright and incandescent was going to affect me. It absolutely got me shot a lot more (laughs) times than not. Like I was quick to identify. So there is an element to it. But the other element that I want to get to is style points. This is, style abso- points this is sure. absolutely a car show. If you go to any airsoft event, whether it be a pickup game or the biggest Milsim West event in the entire known universe, everyone's going to walk around. What are you wearing? What are you running? What kit do you have? Whose brand are you representing? So you absolutely have to make your own style. When you talk about what I'm wearing, I wear 5'11 pants because tons of pockets, tons of real estate. I can keep mag pockets on it. You know, they got little pockets on the front where I keep a mag. And then I'll wear an Under Armour polo in the black and gray, which is the Team GSF colors. And honestly, I, I look like a cop or someone's dad, but man, it works well for me and it looks uh, professional in my opinion. Airsoft is a sport which movement is key to winning a fight. Absolutely. A pair of well-fitting BDUs ensures that you're comfortable and more protected from the sting of a BB. No. But it's still going to sting. I don't care about the sting of BBs. <laughs> no, I, I say, I say feel the sting more like these polo shirts, you know, they're, they're short sleeve. Mm-hmm. And someone just recently about two weeks ago looked at me, he was a brand new player. He's like, so do you just like pain? 
And I looked at him and went, oh, God, yes. <laughs> and then he looked a little freaked out. And I was like, to be clear, the best thing that Airsoft could do for you to get you better at it is once you've overcome that fear of getting shot, is the BBs will teach you when you messed up. Yeah. Right? If you're chicken wing out and you've got your elbows out wingspan style and you start getting clapped in the elbow, you'll think, well, dang, maybe I should start tucking my elbows in. If you keep getting hit in the foot because you step out of cover and then throw your head back but not your foot, you'll learn it quickly if it hurts. If it doesn't hurt, you won't learn as quickly. Yeah, it's not trauma if you learn from it. Trauma's good. I love trauma. I've got tons of it. I plan to give a little more myself. What are your current uh, battle dress uniform? So like I said earlier, I'm running the 511s, and I'm running, I've got, I've got so many. I've got blacks, and I've got greens, and basically any kind of camouflage that I need to hear to. Like if we're on a team where I have to be wearing green, I've got green BDU pants, and then i got a few combat shirts, a few hoodies. It's nothing fancy. It's no crop precision. I have a whole suitcase full of multicam. Mm. I was issued tons of multicam. I got tons of multicam. I don't normally wear multicam ever. And it's not that multicam is a bad camera. No, trust me. First-hand experience, multicam rocks. Either it's in the woods or in the desert. You can absolutely sneak up on people. It's just not the look that I'm going for. I like the look that I have. People see the polo and the 511s, they go, there's Motley. Right? I think there's a few other things that determine, oh, that's Yeah, Motley. yeah. It's usually the, the loud screaming and the beard. You know? Or the anime stickers. A and the anime time. stickers. Yeah, I'm definitely trying to start a brand with that. Start. Yeah, I mean, I'm, Expand I'm, I'm, not, I'm not conquer the world yet. Yet working on it so uh i honestly don't know what my bdus are called i uh i just bought them because zach who was on the podcast last week bought them i was like oh he's cool i'll take them to emerson gear yeah the emerson, gear. The, yeah. Uh, emerson got with us and was like hey we'll give you guys a deal if you want to run our camouflage and it was multicam black because currently our colors are gray and black and multicam black had that yeah. mix of it so i'm definitely not going to badmouth emerson one bit for the product but when we got the shirts in the shirts were a little tight and the pants were a little tight and it was hard to get the sizing right and that could have been easily on us but i like looseness in my clothing and i didn't get a size bigger i'm like i'm a pretty large guy i got an extra large and it just wasn't large enough so when we talk about what i'm wearing i'm with the polo and the pants they're loose fitting so they're not going to grab me or drag me any way that i go but honestly, anything that works for you works. Like we see guys all the time wearing just whatever pants they like or are comfortable in, carpenter pants, whatever, a hoodie. Don't expect someone who dressed like they just got out of bed to not be good at the game because I've absolutely seen guys who oh. are just, you know, young guys especially whose whole life revolves around this. They're here two days a week anyway. They're not going to be dressed for success every single time. Me, I am. Because the, I'm David Notley. The, the head is shaved, the beard is trimmed. I smell good. I feel good. I'm here to mess some stuff up, baby. The smell good is, you know, only lasts a little. So yeah, only lasts a little. And that's another thing, too. I'm not going to sidebar this too much, but when I go out and play, like I'm a big guy and I'm pretty fast. When I'm off the field, I am radiating sweat and steam off my head. And all the time I'll have players come up to me and be like, yo, Molly, you are smoking right now. You got steam on off your head. Why is that? I'm like, because I'm trying to play this game. Like, I'm trying to win, baby. Like, let's go. Uh, on that subject, one of the reasons that I don't wear so much clothing, some guys are like, I want to wear a hoodie so the BBs don't hurt, is I burn hot. If I am not shedding heat any way I can, I will roast alive out there. You got to think about it, especially we're talking about hats and hoods and stuff like that. You're sweating, it's rolling up and off of you. It's going to go inside your goggles and may cause a fogging issue. Mm -hmm. So I say cut heat any way you can. Any way you can expose yourself to more air, the better. Just come shirtless. I've done it. I don't, I don't recommend it. Honestly, a little bit of fabric will save you a lot of trouble. Along with shirts and pants, it is equally, if not more important, to have a good set of footwear. 
Personally, I prefer boots, but a lot of time I'll wear the occasional sneakers just because they get uncomfortable sometimes. A good set of shoes will keep you on your toes <laughs> and ensure that Jesus Christ <laughs> and ensure that the tread works to move you from location to location. Yeah, so we talked about shoes. There's two things you really got to think about. Is you got to think about your indoor play and your outdoor play. And that's what the terms I'm going to use. When we say indoor, I'm talking like a factory building, like our CQB field here at GSF. Mm -hmm. And then we talk about outdoor, I'm talking like going up a mountain, right? So like hiking shoes is more what you want from that. Now, from the military, I ran my boots for a very long time. Boots are heavy. Boots are fine. Boots will protect your toes, yada, yada. When I started moving on to tennis shoes and sneakers and fast shoes for the indoor, I realized rapidly my speed was picking up. My stride was getting longer. And where I had kind of like got used to moving my feet a certain way when I lowered the weight on my feet, I was actually running into walls for a little bit. So the best shoes I have for indoor, especially a field like ours where water gets checked in a lot, are the uh, OTB Maritime Assault uh, Fin-Friendly Mid-Cut Operator Boots. I know that was a mouthful. Not a sponsor. No, that was a mouthful. I bought in two pairs of these. They're slip-resistant on the bottom which is good for BBs and all that stuff. They don't have very thick treads on them, so you're not going to get a BB collection to them. They're low-cut, which gives you that kind of sneaker. They kind of look like a tactical pair of bands, and they come mm -hmm. in all sorts of colors. I've seen them. But the most important thing to me is the end of the toe is a solid plastic toe. Now, when uh, I'm a tall guy. I'm 6'2". It's hard for me to get below cover, so what I do is I take my left knee pad, put it to the ground, and I drag myself across on my knee. Now, with any regular tennis shoe, that puts my toe to the ground and drags it across the ground as well, which will rip it apart. Now, with this plastic toe, it's just like the same material as my knee pad, so I get a nice even slide with it. And I can I can boogie. I can schmoove boogie. with some uh, some good knee pads. So when we talk about you know outdoor shoes, any kind of boots will work. It really doesn't matter. You know, as long as you can get treads quick. I had a buddy of mine. He went and got a pair of cleats just to run at our outdoor field. Because he's like, cleats move fast in dirt. Can't disagree with that at all. If you play a sport that requires cleats, bring them to the field. Try them out. Gloves are optional. Gloves are not optional. They are optional. Unless you're Sean. Oh, okay. They Ooh. do increase comfort and decrease the amount of blood loss whenever getting shot in the fingers. <clears throat> and decrease is used very leniently. Um, they can also be found to get in the way of a good trigger pull. Would okay. You no. no. Okay. And so much I want to talk about that real quick, real quick. I don't care if you think you're Chris Kyle or not, your glove on your finger is not going to mess up your trigger pull, right? Your trigger pull is not on that level. You are not trying to shoot a 409 bullet at, at a ludicrous amount of range to hit a Taliban fiber. There is no reason for you to not cover that finger. And I very, very specifically remember First Sergeant Oliver getting on someone who had cut the finger out of their glove and is like, what, you think you'll shoot better without it? And he just looked at him, pulled his phone out and said, no so i can use my touch screen and i was completely silent because i'm like oh he's gonna murder him and first time i was said no, i get it and walked off and i was like what are you so yeah i'm not don't cut your fingers out i don't think that's the best route now if you are just of the brain set that that's where you want to be and that's how you want to play and that's what works for you dude run it till the wheels fall off in the military we call it shooter's preference that you might have to wear your shoelaces right over left just to shoot better like it's a superstition thing to you and if that's what that is dude don't let anyone stop you but i'm telling you now biologically mechanically cutting the finger off is not going to help you i completely agree i run gloves because i like my fingers yes uh, anyone that's listened to this podcast has ever played a day of airsoft knows that not all bb impacts are the same you can take the same gun same range same fps and hit them a different place and hurt way way worse we're talking joints we're talking any 
bony part of your body that's close, you know, bone to skin, it's going to hurt worse. And your fingers absolutely reek when they're shot. Now, if you're a pistol player like me and you're usually shoving your hand way out in front of you, you got to expect to get hit in the fingers. So when we talk about gloves, the mechanics impacts. They're good, solid, well-built gloves, and they've got rubber up on the fingers, except for your trigger finger, because God knows if you ain't got your trigger finger completely covered, you're going to lose your mind. They work really well, but the only issue with them in particular is it's hard to get your hand inside of a pocket, like a pants pocket, where the rubber's so extended. Now, there's some gloves that I found. The Pig XOs are basically the same type of glove with thinner plastic. You know, BBs aren't going to do anything to these that it wouldn't do for the others, but you can also get in your pockets easier. And right now, what you'll see is my right hand is actually the Mechanics in gray, and my left hand is the uh, Pig Evo, because my left hand's the only one I need to get in my pockets, and my right hand's holding my pistol, so it's usually out in front of me. All right. You have a, you have a strategy there for gloves. You oh, know. no. I've run through so many gloves. Seemed like you were ready for that question. <laughs> I'm always ready for questions. So, helmets. Helmets, yes. I've got mine actually sitting here next to me. Apparently, unlike gloves, they are optional. Yes. One of the best ways and one of the only ways to protect your noggin. I personally don't use a helmet. I, uh, I prefer a rag or cloth <clears throat> of some sort. So, the advantage of having... A helmet or obviously for protecting yourself but also are able to hold certain kinds of gear like gopros or night vision goggles some drawbacks are one you're wearing an overglorified bowl on your head and gives you more places to get shot now where i'm from we call them the dome of discipline the dome of discipline. the dome of discipline so real quick my helmet really only life purpose is to hold my real world shooting ear protection mm-hmm. and i do have walker razors on them which are relatively cheap ear pro they're really great. Can't recommend enough. Not a sponsor. But they are on Peltor mounts on the rails of a high-cut uh, bump helmet. Why a bump helmet? I hear this all the time. Like, well, if you're going to buy a helmet, you might as well buy a full ballistic helmet. We could go on to the real-world applications of helmets. But for Airsoft, some of the places we play, like uh, GTI is an abandoned nuclear facility. Mm-hmm. And there's stuff hanging down. There's big falls that you could take if you weren't careful. This is literally just a piece of plastic I wear on my head so I don't get my dome rocked by a piece of low-hanging metal. And if I don't have to wear it, I won't wear it. You are a pretty tall guy. I'm a a pretty tall guy, so I can whack my head on all sorts of stuff. But here's the thing. From being a tall guy as long as I have, I've learned the tricks of ducking whenever you go into anything. I'll wear the helmet sometimes for airsoft, but normally, about halfway through a game, I'm ripping the sucker off. Now, for airsoft, I say a nice, well-fitting backwards hat or forwards hat is just plenty you're not going to run your gopro on your hat i mean there i guess there are certain mounts and you can run your pro if you want helmets look cool and that's the only reason i really got a helmet is because it looks cool and the slight head protection when i need it now when we talk about like indoor and close quarters play where i i know the field i'm not having to worry about getting my head hit by a two by four i'll just take a mask and a backwards hat the bill of the hat covers the back of my neck the hat covers my big bald head and then my goggles are going to seam up with the bottom of the back of the rim. That way it actually collects sweat on me. Seems methodical. A lot of thought goes into this. I've been doing this yeah. minute. Yeah. So uh, do you have a certain brand of helmet? Or is it just, you know, oh, do any, any old helmet. Like if it's got a good retention system, uh, like they got clickety-click ratchets on the back. Mm-hmm. If you can get a good clickety-click ratchet, you're in the money. Because a lot of us don't want to run our chin straps anyway. And if you got a beard, you're going to hate a chin strap to begin with. Honestly, if you see one you like, go for it. Try it. You may love it. You may hate it. I don't care for them. But I will put it on when I'm actually shooting my guns, my real guns, because it holds my ear pro, and I can click them and put them on top mm-hmm. of my hard hat, 
I said hard hat. Helmet when I need them. The clickety-click ratchet. Uh, remember, ladies and gentlemen, he's a professional. Yeah. I have professional words to go with my professional words. So a wide variety of gear goes on your person. From the plate carrier on your chest, the mags in your plate carrier, to the BBs in your mags, all things put into your kit will be methodically thought out and prepared prepared to work rather than against you. So I'm going to say something that's going to be a hot take for you mill swimmers out there. Don't bring anything on the field that you don't want or don't need. I know. I remember one dude, I was like, dude, that's a nice radio. He's like, oh, thanks. It's plastic. It doesn't work. It just looks good. Parts out DW if you're listening to this one. If you, want to, the if you like want that. to look the part, man, look the part. Like I said, shooter's preference until wheels fall off. I'm not wearing anything I don't have to wear. All right? The play carrier that I do have, and my favorite play carrier I've ever worn, is my first Spear High Tech. It's got 612 tubes on it, and it holds really well to my body. It's really tight, really tight play carrier. Speaking of play carriers, we're going to go right into that. Oh. We will start with simply a crucial part of it, which is your play carrier. You can either use a vest or a plate carrier. I would definitely recommend a plate carrier um, if I had to say anything. Your plate carrier is merely a tool for all of your tools. All it's going to do is hold all the stuff that you're taking out on the field and stop some BBs from hitting you where you don't want to be hit. I'm sure you have some other things to say about that. Oh, absolutely. How it's... Yes. Plate carriers and Airsoft are dumb. Okay, now that you've calmed down a little bit from that hot take, let's go ahead and talk about what you're wearing on your plate carrier. Now you can absolutely load it up with as much stuff as you physically can. And you can bounce yourself all around the room when you're trying to go through a door frame. that's a little too small for you. <laughs> I run a camelback on the back when I'm running a plate carrier and I got three mags on my front, three and four mags as low as I can get them. I'm running very, very slick when I actually want one. And the only reason I'm wearing a plate carrier is so that I got a camelback at three extra mags. Most of my gear goes onto my battle belt because lower to my center of gravity and like we talked about cutting heat, the high tech's a very small plate carrier, but it's still a vest that I'm tying to myself that's going to hold in heat. If I don't need a plate carrier, I'm not wearing a plate carrier. If a BB hits me in my nipple, so be it. It was meant to happen. I would rather be good enough to not get shot than have to pad up and ready to get smoked. Mm-hmm. So you can you can put plenty of stuff on it. I, I think of it like a toolbox. Now, you could put everything you need in there. Do you really want to carry it all the way? Exactly. And we talked about, you know, putting your weight on your hips. Now you can put, change a little bit of that weight off your hips and put it on your shoulders and spread it out. But then I see guys running absolutely loaded down plate carriers and nothing on a battle belt. I think Mm -hmm. battle belt's the best thing you can do. Now we talk about actually putting plates into it. Plates. I have plates. I have level three plus plates. They're still plates. Yeah. You can be mad about that one too, but I like them. They stop everything that I'm planning to get shot by. Planning to get shot by. Yeah. You know how it goes. But I'm running front, back, and side plates, and that's a real thing. And if I went to a game that was going to give me benefits for running real plates, I'd run real plates. I'm not going to run real plates at Airsoft. That's just not something that interests me. It's not a level of realism. But putting weight on my shoulders, you know, plates weigh something, then putting a little bit of that weight on my hips helps spread it because mm-hmm. I have a bad back like every other veteran has a bad back. It's not a weird thing to have. So if we're at, like, we talked about Black Star. Black Star is a Milsim event. I just ran a battle belt and a hoodie. No one had any idea what I was about, but I was absolutely cutting through them. Let's talk about the most important thing about play carriers. Holding your patches. Jesus. Okay, so I will wear my Team GSF patch, and I will wear whatever patch for event I was given. All right, and I kind of do it like patches were done in the military. So you've got like, my left patch is my team, you know, that's just mm-hmm. GSF. And then this 
air quotes here, deployment to this event will be on my right side. So that's kind of the way that I run it if I have patches on my shoulders. Now I also run uh, protective gauntlets that go below my gloves that protect my forearms because my forearms wind up getting hit the most. If I'm going to protect anything, I like wearing short sleeves. And I don't like people looking at me like I'm a crackhead. So I will wear patches on those. How do you feel about not plate carriers, but vests? Absolutely. Same, uh, you know, as before. If you want to carry more stuff, get a vest. All right. But if you're going to get one of those pre-made vests, it's got all sorts of pockets and pouches. We could really turn this conversation into pouches. Because if you have those pouches that are Velcro, you got to rip it open, get your mag out, swap your mag, pull it back open, shove another one in. That's time. That's wasted effort on the field. The pouches that I use specifically are the G-code pouches. And they kind of run like the tacos. For some of you already familiar with the tacos. But they're just gripped pouches. They're open top, no retention straps on it. The retention is the friction that it has on the magazine. So that I can pop it out, swap my mag, push that old mag back in it. I don't run a dump pouch because sometimes I'll reload and there'll be five bullets left, five BBs left in that magazine. And later on in the game, when I'm almost out of ammo, I'll be like, man, I wish I had five more BBs. Instead of digging around in a bag, I'm just going to grab the one that I remembered putting away earlier and put it in my gun. So if you want to run a vest and you find a vest you like that's cheap enough, run it if you want the extra gear on you. But I'm a huge advocate of don't bring it on the field if you don't plan to use it. All right, so we're going to probably end it right about here. Um, we're going to pick up on the next episode. It's going to be a two-part series right here. Yeehaw. So we're going to pick up on the next episode on masks, eye protection. We're going to do a few miscellaneous things. And what everybody wants to hear. My dating life. Your dating life is saved for the next, next episode. Okay. Well, I, I promise. Can I put my pants back on? Primary weapons, secondary weapons, melee weapons, all kinds of stuff. Um, we'll catch you guys in the next one. Thank you guys for watching. Make sure to share it. Get us some voice out there. Trying to help out the ASF community. And we're hoping to give you some, you know, entertainment while we do it. And if you got the time, go ahead on Instagram and look up underscore Motley underscore Senpai and follow me there if you want to see me actually shoot some fools. You are relentless. I am relentless.